We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors. Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be, and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this Sunday. 
November 20th, heading into the holiday week. Thanksgiving is upon us. Personally, my favorite holiday of the year, great food. You get to spend some short time with family, not so long enough that they drive you insane, but just enough to get all the good stuff out of it. And Thanksgiving Day, we now have three football games. We'll have the Lions and Bills, the Cowboys and whoever the hell they're playing. And I don't even know who the nightcap is, but I'm excited for it. I'm going to eat great food, spend time with my family and watch football all day. And that's going to be wonderful. So that's the good side of this coming week. Um, the bad side gauge is that Green Bay is four and seven. They lost on Thursday night football to the Titans. And there were moments that looked good. And there were moments that did not look so good. And quite honestly, it felt like there were more not so great moments than great moments. But before we get into anything, Gage, about what we're going to be discussing, I opened with it's the week of Thanksgiving. It's personally my favorite holiday. Uh, your plans for Thanksgiving, where do you where do you land on the Thanksgiving meal? Is there like a food or something that you absolutely have to have? What is Thanksgiving going to be looking like for you? So Thanksgiving for me will look uh, very similar to you. I'll be spending it at home, just hanging out, probably watching football and whatever else throughout the day. I won't be watching the parade because it's just not for me. I don't understand why it's such a big deal. But then again, I wasn't raised on it, so maybe that's why I don't really care. Also, the final game of the day is Minnesota and New England. That is the fine. That is the nightcap um, on Thursday. So I might not watch that. Who knows? I for Thanksgiving for me is always been i'm a very picky eater but i know what i like which i'm a big ham turkey mashed potatoes corn rolls that's that's my go-to that's my plate i don't i don't need anything else on it um i understand other people are going to be like oh you're missing out on cranberry this or you're missing out on pie that i that's cool you can have those things i have my essentials which that's i got double protein double starch well, triple starch honestly if you count the roll as a starch so i'm that's that's all i need for the day and i will be happy and full and I will be enjoying my time. All right. And now you had kind of mentioned it. So do you not do any type of pie for dessert or anything like that? Uh, I don't. Pie is not. I'm not a big dessert guy in general. I like cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Those are my, I, I, I can't, like if I see a, fre especially a fresh chocolate chip cookie, I'm, I'm powerless. I can't, I can't put them down, but <laughs> pie is not really been pie, pie and ice cream and or well pie and dessert in general, just not really big for me. Uh, I understand that that's blasphemous for some people. Like I know some people just live and die by chocolate cake and brownies and such. And I'm just like, I don't need that. That's like, if you want that, that's fine. It's not for me. I'm not a big dessert guy. I'll just have a set. I'll just have an additional bit of uh, the meal at dinner because that's what we're there for. I'm not there to have dessert. I'm there to have, I'm there to have the meal. See, now I, I am a dessert guy, but I, 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 cause the traditional, at least what I grew up on gauge, I don't know what your house was like, but we grew up, uh, pumpkin pie was the, was the big kind of dessert for Thanksgiving day. I know a lot of people do, you, you'll have a, you'll have pumpkin pie and pecan pie. Those seem to be for at least Thanksgiving day, the two kind of major ones. Uh, and as well, yeah, apples I, I don't... always in there as well. I mean, again, right. not a big pie guy, but apple is generally that third one that gets in there. People, for whatever reason, want peach pie on that or peach cobbler or whatever it is. I don't know why they want that. Um, peach is just objectively one of the lower end fruits. So it's not big for me. But, yeah, no, it, my family was always big. Like uh, there's a there's a restaurant that is when I say a 
10 seconds from my house. I, I mean that, and that's walking 10 seconds. It's not, it's not driving. It is 10 seconds from my house. The people that own the place have always made pies for Thanksgiving, uh, and you order them, and then you can go pick them up, uh, and they have a couple. Uh, they have like sugar cream pie was always very popular. It's just apparently it's really good pie. Again, I've never had it. Not a big pie guy. Sugar cream, and then there was like sawdust pie, I think is one. I'm not sure what that is, but that is another thing that everybody likes. So my family would have pies. I wouldn't really mess with them. The one dessert that I would have uh, is pumpkin roll or spice roll. It just I know it's got 17 names depending on where you're at. That I was always big a fan, a very big fan of. My cousin would make it. She made it very well. But uh, as the years have gone on, my family Thanksgiving has gotten smaller and smaller due to let's call it family just not getting along. Just to put it lightly. So now my Thanksgiving is very small. We have the f- essential foods that we want, and we don't mess with anything else. So, so it sounds like you guys would just get together every year and talk about politics and religion, and that's it, right? Like the you know the essential, the essential like holiday get together talking points. You know the the thing about it was everyone would do their best to just stay out of each other's way when it came to talking about things like that. And uh, from the area that I'm in, most people had similar beliefs on politics and religion and stuff. Uh, the stuff that resulted in the family fracturing was mostly real life stuff that uh, everybody was too proud to admit they were wrong. And then by the time they were ready to admit they were wrong, it was too late. So I'm OK with it. It doesn't involve me. It's none of doesn't affect me. I still sleep just fine every night. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, uh, I agree with you, though. You had mentioned that you just kind of, in, instead of dessert, you kind of just double up on the entree. And uh, I do like pumpkin pie, but like on Thanksgiving, I so much love the food that sometimes I'll just bypass it and just do what you do and get a little bit extra. And um, But Thanksgiving, definitely, uh, it is definitely for sure my favorite holiday. Um, love it to death. So this this coming week, even though that we're kind of on a sour note with the Packers right now, I'm still pumped for it. Uh, love every minute of it, so it should be good. Uh, hopefully, everybody out there, you're doing something fun for Thanksgiving, spending time with friends, family, um, doing something you enjoy. So whatever it is, hopefully you're getting to do that this year. Um, but, Gage, let's get into some Packers talk here. So Green Bay falling to 4-7 and seven on the year. Um, they are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs as of right now. And I believe no matter what happens, you know, on Sunday, there, there, there's no way that they're mathematically eliminated yet. But I mean, realistically, you look at the schedule, you look at the way they're playing, you look at the rest of the league. Yes. Mathematically, they're not there yet, but it really feels like this team. I mean, at this point, they got to win their last six games because 10 and seven could get them into the playoffs. But I I just, with the way they're playing right now, I don't see that happening. So one of the things Gage that, you know, is going to become more prevalent as time goes on, especially if the Packers continue to lose. I mean, they got 10 days to get ready for the number one seed in the NFC and the Philadelphia Eagles and flying out to Philadelphia. Uh, That's going to be a tough ask. And then they go to Chicago and, after Chicago, they go into their bide week and they could feasibly be four and nine at that point, um, which would m- most likely have them eliminated. So that brings in the question, Gage, then, you know, at what point does Green Bay kind of call it quits on the season? And I, I hate to put it that way, but I mean, 
there there is something that's that's here in the in the sense that you have Jordan Love on the bench and the season is not going the way that you want it to and they're not going to make the playoffs more than likely and you, Green Bay this offseason has to make a decision of whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth year option on Jordan Love. This is his third year in the league. He's under contract for the first four and the team's got that fifth year option, but they have to make a decision this offseason if they're going to pick up that 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 fifth year option. And right now, we don't know a whole lot about Jordan Love. Gage, I don't know how you feel about him. I'm going to let you know real quick cuz so he's basically played in one and a half regular season games. I personally, though, I don't count really either of those games because the half game he played in was at the end of last season against the Lions in which the Lions knew he was going to be coming into the game because Green Bay had everything wrapped up. And by the time he came into the game, he was basically playing a preseason game because anybody on offense that was playing with him was really not a major contributing factor to the Packers last year. So he was playing with essentially backups like he would be in a preseason game. And the Chiefs game, the reason why I I don't really hold anything against him for that is because he only played in that game because Aaron Rodgers came down with COVID and was not allowed to play. The problem with, with Jordan Love so far in his career is he knows, he's smart enough to know that since he's been drafted, he was never going to do anything in any practice to make coaches say you're starting this week over Aaron Rodgers. He knew that the only way he was ever going to start a game for the Packers while Aaron Rodgers was still there is if Aaron Rodgers was unable to actually play. Yeah. So, so, so that means that he goes into every week. Yes. Should he be prepping as if he's going to be playing? Sure. But the human aspect of it is really that, you know, it's hard to go in every week when you know, Aaron's healthy to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to be getting my shot. Aaron wasn't ruled out of that Chiefs game until like Wednesday. So yeah. and 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 that was right after two that they had played on Thursday night. So the Packers had 10 days before that Chiefs game. And so after that Thursday night game, Jordan Love's thought process is great. We won. Aaron's healthy. You know, we're going to play Kansas City. He probably went home and enjoyed his weekend. And then he found out Wednesday. So he hasn't even ever had a full week of prep to to get ready for a game so I don't really hold those against him but the question now becomes at what point Gage do the Packers consider moving to Jordan Love and and seeing what they have in him you know so I agree with you in the fact that I don't hold those games against him I mean everyone was ready to write him off after Detroit he played half of a game and any starter that mattered, and this isn't a shot at any of the guys that played, you you weren't in if you weren't deemed an essential player, like if or you weren't you weren't in if you were deemed essential. So if you were in, you were a backup or a second string guy or whatever. So therefore, he's not playing with his with the starters, and people want to write him off. Okay, you're going to write off a guy after playing with backups. That doesn't make any sense. And then. The, the Chiefs game, I have said since that game happened that it wasn't a fair assessment of him. And anybody that wanted to say otherwise, I was I just want to say there was, that, that was not a situation where he was set up for success. It was a short-term prepare against a defense that 
thrives on sending blitzes and chaos like spags that's been his whole thing throughout his career is he wants to send blitzes and he wants to create chaos and against a young quarterback with only a couple of days of prep that's going to cause more issues than it would against a veteran uh, like on short preparation so like here's the thing even if it wasn't like let's say matt flynn like prime backup matt flynn was in that spot matt flynn probably would have struggled too because he would have been on short prep and he was a veteran by the time that he was a prime like he'd been around for four years or so Love had never played at all. And then you go and you just want to sit here and you want to keep writing these guys off. And and not only also, not only was Jordan Love against a tough defense, he was in a hostile environment. The Chiefs consistently have one of the best home field advantages in football. Like their like their volume. I know they either had or they either held or hold or held the record for the loudest stadium ever. Um and it, like that's that is a true fact that was at one point they were the loudest it was them in seattle and i know the trade back and forth multiple times but he was he wasn't set up to be successful in that situation so my opinion on jordan love is if i was like let's say i was a professor for him and i would grade him as an incomplete right now i can't i can't write him off one way or the other it's not i don't think that's fair to jordan because i haven't gotten to see him be the guy everyone here perfect example is right now in seattle everyone is ready ready to write off geno smith Everyone was everyone was like, he's done. He can't do anything. And Geno Smith just hung around and he hung around and he hung around. And finally he got his shot and he's done well with it. Seattle is, I believe, second in the NFC West right now. And he's looked good. He's not doing anything. Actually, no, I lied. They're leading the NFC West right now. They're six and four. They're a half game ahead of the 49ers. They are three and one at home. They have a plus 16 point differential. They are – Gino's been doing everything you could have asked for him, and all he's doing is playing within the system. He's not trying to do too much. He's trying to do everything that the coaching staff asked him to do and nothing more. I'm not sure where Jordan Love falls on the spectrum between Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's below him. I don't know if he's above him. I, I don't know. But I can't sit here today and say, oh, he definitely doesn't have it. I just – and anybody that tells you that, oh, nope, I – like. Like Larry seven four five on Twitter, you you don't know. Like you can't say that Jordan Love definitely doesn't have it just because. Oh well, I watched him in the preseason; he wasn't great. You watched him in the preseason when he was playing with backups against other backups against defenses throwing vanilla defenses at him. That's not it. That's not how this works. That's not that's not at all how any of this works. And so, I I don't have an opinion on Jordan Love right now. I would like to gain one, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Because as long as Rodgers is, like you said, as long as Rodgers is healthy enough to play, he's playing, for better or worse. Yep. Well, and that brings in something that I want to play here. Um, You know, you and I, Gage, we talked before the show. You and I aren't big on national pundits. I know Packer fans aren't really big on national pundits. Uh, But I caught a part of uh, First Things First with uh, Nick Wright and Chris Broussard the other day uh, after after the Titans game. And they just kind of brought up the point of like, you know, at, you know, at some point you need to figure out what you have with Jordan Love. And, you know, even if it's just for figuring out is, hey, is he good enough to trade and get something in return? Uh, so just take a listen to this back and forth here of what they had to say uh, about Aaron Rodgers and the Jordan Love situation in Green Bay. Done. You're taking out a Hall of Famer. I get it that he's not what he used to be, but he's not. 
in the bottom five in the league in quarterback. I understand, but we don't know what Jordan Love is. And it is Brian Gutenkunst's right. job not just to worry about this season. It is Brian oh. Gutenkunst's job to worry about the long-term health of the franchise. Matt LaFleur, somewhat similar, but he is more focused on the here and now. You've got to play your first-round pick that you have to make a decision on his fifth-year option this offseason. That's right. You must play him. Okay, right. but here's the other thing. Like, you you said you go to Rodgers and you tell him this is no, how this it's going to be. Can I, can I if he's going to be your quarterback going forward, you, you can't, like, here's upset him like that. If you can trade Aaron Rodgers, then you don't need what Wiles just said. But if you can't, then you do. No, hold he's on. He's going to be your quarterback going forward. Right. You want to take him off for well, the next uh, year? I, all right, I am. This is not my uh, – my frustration is not with you. I, I am about done with everyone acting like you got to walk on eggshells. They're, listen, at, to quote Don Draper, that's what the money's for. Here we go. You got $50 million a year. You're going to get it next year from us or from someone else. It is a team sport. This organization has treated you well. Maybe we haven't drafted as many first-round receivers as you would like, but we have, we are a first-class organization, and we are now doing something that you knew was on the board. You took the money. We didn't cut Jordan Love. We didn't give him the Jimmy Garoppolo treatment and send him out. You knew he was still here. You are having the worst year of your career. We're four and seven. We're playing him. And if you go whine and cry to Pat McAfee about it, we'll deal with it. (laughs) If you're going to the grocery store this weekend, getting ready, all the supplies you need to watch the upcoming Packer game, you've already got your brats, your beer. You walk through the different sections. You get to the water, and you might notice – some strange tall boys of beer sitting in the bottled water section at your local store. You're wondering what what is this doing? What is this doing here with the water? Well, that's because it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death? What a what a name for water, right? Well, it's because it is going to brutally murder not just your thirst, but it's also out to bring death to plastic bottles. Because their recyclable Tallboy cans help end the plastic bottle life cycle. And not only that, but they donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. And not only that, there's something about having that freezing cold can that's sitting in your hand that looks like a can of beer, but it's actually a super refreshing can of water. It's got three grams of agave nectar for an incredibly different flavor, different from any other water you have. That's what makes Liquid Death such a fun product to have stocked up at all times alongside all the other beverages you're going to have for game day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator to at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, uh, Gage, I, I got to say, I, I heard that. And I, I mean, I agree with almost all of it. I mean, first of all, again, you traded up to draft Jordan Love and you, you traded up because you thought Aaron was over the hill. You drafted him in 2020. And the biggest reason you drafted him was because based on Aaron Rodgers standards, even though the Packers went 13 and three in 2019, Aaron statistically to his standard did not have a great year. He didn't have a great year. And they were like, maybe we need to look at the future. And, he turns 39 in like a month. And the other thing is, I've always said this, you know, everybody says, well, look at Brady. He's 45. He's still playing. But Brady has never been the rule. He's always been the exception. Everything about Tom Brady has always been the exception. So take him out. How many other quarterbacks are playing past 39, 39 years old? It's, 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 it's almost nobody. And so, you know, I, it's and and this is something too that I I want to make sure that we kind of clear up because Gage, you and I talked about this. Uh, the inability of people to hold two opinions at the same time. You and I sitting here think that Jordan Love, if the if the season continues to go downhill, should start at some point. I've got my theory as to when I think he should start, but just because we think he should start if the Packers are not playing well does not mean that we hate Aaron Rodgers. I can think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, Hall of Famer, and has done great things for this franchise, and at the same time say, look, if we're not winning, we need to know what we have in this kid. And the only way you're ever going to know is if he starts meaningful games. So, like, I don't think that he sh- that he should just get thrown in at the end of the year against the Lions because that's not going to tell you anything because the Lions season will be over. You're not going to be playing any of your meaningful starters at that point, and it's a one-game sample size. You got to see what he can build over time. So, Gage, my theory is, I mean, personally, I would start him now. I like I, I know there's people saying that you can't start him until you're mathematically eliminated, but I don't care about that because you're not making the playoffs. The way this team has played this year, they're not winning their last six games, which is what they're going to have to do if they want to have a feasible shot at making the playoffs. But realistically, if you want to do that, let Aaron play against the Eagles and let Aaron play against the Bears. And you go into your bye week after that and and let Jordan Love be the starter from there on out. He gets two weeks to prepare for the Rams. He can play the Dolphins, who are a good playoff team. He can come home, play the Vikings, who are a good playoff team this year. And then he can finish out against the Lions. But, you know, I don't think it's unfair at this point to to have that conversation with Aaron. Like and and like my thing that Nick Wright had pointed out, and it's true, like. It always feels like every time this conversation comes up with Aaron Rodgers and his, you know, playing ability, everybody's walking on eggshells. And, like, I get that he's great. But, like, at some point, again, it is a team sport. And if you're not producing, he was the guy that said earlier this year, if you're not playing well, your reps should probably be cut. Now, yes, I understand. 
four-time MVP, future Hall of Famer. He gets more grace than other people. Totally get it. But at some point, you've got to say, what do we have in Jordan Love? So, I mean, I think he should be playing for sure at some point. I would say the absolute latest. I mean, unless they unless they beat the Eagles and the Bears and go into the bye six and seven. Like, I mean, I guess at that point, it's potentially a different conversation, but he, he's got to play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, real quick, looking at uh, just some older players that have uh, passed us by, uh, there's a guy by the name of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning in his uh, final season in Denver, uh, in the regular season, had nine touchdowns compared to 17 interceptions. Uh, he just struggled all year long. He was never very good that year. He constantly was throwing ducks. He somehow only fumbled one ball the entire season. I don't know how that's possible. There is a rumor going around right now. You and I kind of talked about this before we got started when we were thinking about today's topic of Aaron Rodgers playing with a broken thumb that he suffered against the Giants at the end of the game. If Rodgers is hurt, why is he still playing? And and people are going to say, "Oh, well, you see, you see the you see the the occasional flashes or the the great throws are still there." I agree, they are. Uh, when you're looking at the when you're looking at the game against Tennessee, he had the throw against to Lazard down the sideline that was absolutely beautiful. There are only a handful of quarterbacks ever that can make that throw. It was just it was phenomenal. There was the the pass that he feathered into Watson in the back of the end zone over the top of the corner, but before Watson went out of the back of the end zone. Again, great throw. But then as the game went on, he was just off a lot. And that's where I have trouble trying to negotiate the idea that, oh, yeah, he is playing with a broken thumb or he's playing with an injured thumb. I mean, clearly he's playing with an injured thumb. It's taped every game. So clearly there's something going on there. It's not That's not nothing. But I find it hard to believe that the idea that the thumb is injured all the time or it's broken all the time because it wouldn't make any sense why he would struggle in one half and be great in the other. Prime example is last week against Dallas. Against Dallas, he didn't throw a whole lot in the first half. He threw, I think, wasn't like eight passes, something like that. It was some crazy low number. And then in the second half, he was throwing a ton. And he looked and he looked great. He looked like the back-to-back MVP again. Right now, you're four and seven. You're in second place in your division. You're several games back. You have back-to-back road games against Philly and then against Chicago. And Chicago right now is not necessarily winning games, but they're they're putting up points. They're, they're putting up a lot of points right now. And then you have your bye. That is the perfect time to start Jordan Love. It, I would be okay with starting Jordan Love now, but I would be more okay with starting Jordan Love after the bye week. You give him four games, three of which are at home. The fourth one is in um, the fourth one's in Miami. So he gets a couple of like, I mean, it's Green Bay, so the weather's gonna be cold. But he gets a game against the Rams defense that struggled all year, or just a Rams team that struggled all year. And then he gets to go to Miami where the defense has struggled, but they are they're putting up points. So he gets a chance to try and throw and he gets nice weather to do it. And then you get to come home and you get two more home games against Minnesota and Detroit. Even if he's not and if we like if we go through those four games and we just learn, yep, no, he's not the guy, great. Then you don't have to pick up his fourth year option or his fifth year option. And you move on. But right now, there's no there's no world where you can justify picking up or turning down that fifth year option. 
And if people want to say, oh, well, they can turn it down because they haven't seen him do anything. That's not fair. It's like me. I coach, I coach high school baseball. There are guys that just have their spot. Like you're not, there's, there's no one that's going to beat their spot out. Like last year we had a senior catcher who was committed to play college. He had multiple college offers. He had committed already. His spot was locked. There was no one was going to take his spot. So you can, so the catcher can show up every day and like the backup catcher can show up every day and think, oh, maybe I have a chance. No. And the catcher knows that. But there are other spots on the field where it's like, hey, everyone's gunning for your spot. Like this year that we're coaching, there's not very many guys that have their spot locked in and everybody knows it. Everybody is on notice that, hey, people are gunning for your spot. And if you're behind them, you could take their spot. And because that's because competition breeds the best out of people. And Jordan Love, if he thinks that there's a chance for him to take the starting spot, who knows? Maybe he preps different. I agree with what you said earlier. He should be prepping every week like he's going to start, but you just, you can't. You just can't. Unless, and because he can watch every single practice and act like he's going to go in. But unless he sees Rodgers go down with an injury in the middle of a play, God forbid, he knows he's not going in. No matter what. Unless they come to him and say, hey, look, we're starting you next week. Okay? You're prepping like you're the starter all week. Just so you know. But until that happens, he's going to prep like he's the backup. He's not going to prep like he's the starter. He may know the playbook like the starter, but he's not going to prep like it. And additionally, we would get to see the LaFleur offense because I know that the episode yesterday that kind of inspired this one was, is it time for a coaching change in Green Bay? It might be a time for a defensive coordinator coaching change, but I don't think it's time for LaFleur one because we haven't seen LaFleur's offense get run this year. I was trying to look up the under center versus shotgun snaps like the the rate because i know that last week the big thing was they were under center more than they had been all season long and then this week i felt like they were operating out of shotgun a ton except for the play like aj Dillon. what was his best plays of the night he was running from like it was under center and he got the ball and got ahead of steam everyone complains that aj Dillon struggles it's like you're not running him correctly that's why he's struggling so i think that if you give jordan love four weeks at the end of the year to run the offense, because he'll run it like LaFleur calls it. He's not going to sit there and ad-lib at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to call to the check to the pass every play or whatever. Getting Jordan Love snaps would go a long way towards the future of this franchise, whether it's going to be with Rodgers under center, whether it's going to be Love under center, or what. But you have to figure out what you're going to do with him, and someone has to go to 12 and let him know what's going on. Because right now, no one's checking him. And anybody that wants to say outside the building, oh, no, people are checking him. No, they're not. Bakhtiari is not going to go to him because Rodgers threw Bakhtiari under the bus earlier this year when Bakhtiari was going to play, and then he didn't. He threw him under the bus. He's like, yeah, it was kind of surprising to see that he wasn't out there. Someone has to go check him, and I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, again, you know, there's all these – you know, there's all these implications that if you bench him, then that means you're moving on from. I, I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, I mean, in a season in which you're not making the playoffs, you know, to and 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 again, this is the other thing too is that I've always been I, I've been this way forever with Aaron Rodgers and and really any quarterback. Like at some point, at some point, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the starting quarterback of the Packers. Like whether you whether that's that. next year, you you can't prove that. That's not. There's no science behind that. <laughs> oh, oh yes, there is. There's there's so much science behind it. At some point, whether it's next year or five years from now, 
Like there is just going to come a day where he is not going to be the starting quarterback. And that's the thing is Brian Gutekunst, Brian Gutekunst's job, as Nick Wright pointed out, is to do what is in the best interest of this team long-term. And if this team is not making the playoffs, what is in the best interest of this team long-term is to see what Jordan Love is. And if he sucks, great. You can move on from him. I think the only way that the Jordan Love thing becomes tricky is if he plays for like four games and looks good. Then you just have to make a determination of, okay, is he good enough to trade or is he good enough that we want to hold on to him and and actually move on from Aaron, right? But I mean, like, I don't understand the people that just want him cut and don't want him anywhere near the team and have made a decision that he's bad. Like, I mean... Uh, anyway, that's that's a different conversation for a different day. But, I mean, if you want to be objective, and, I mean, here's the thing. They traded up for him. So, I mean, how stupid would that pick look to trade up for him, never see him play, and have the opportunity to put him in because this team's not good right now and then not do it? Like, I mean, it, it would be different if Green Bay was, you know, Winning games and in the hunt, then then it's a totally different story. But right now, this team is not that. Uh, and Gage, you just at some point somebody's got to go to the delicate quarterback and tell him, "Look, it's in the best interest of the team right now. You're still getting paid. You know, we just need to make an evaluation of where he's at. And if that hurts his pride, if that hurts his ego, so be it. But I mean, you know." Because, I mean, that's the other thing is if what if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire at the end of the year or wants a trade? I mean, then you're again, you're wasting the opportunity to see what you have with Jordan Love. So I'm and and the other thing then is, too, is if he stinks, then you know that you need to go out and address the quarterback position some some way else. Maybe maybe Green Bay ends up with a top 10 pick and you pick a quarterback in the top 10 again, you know, it. So, uh, you know, it's it's time at some point before the end of the year. I agree. I think the most logical, like realistic spot for him is after the Bears game. I think give him, give him the bye week, give him two weeks to prep for the Rams and let him have the rest of the season. By the way, so you said how dumb would that pick look? I mean, you have a chance to put him in the game and then you don't play him. They had a chance to put Amari Rodgers in at wide receiver, and they didn't do that. And then now they released him. How dumb does that pick look? Well, and that's the other thing for for Brian Gutekunst. And they trade up for Amari Rodgers too. Yeah, they traded up for Amari Rodgers. And here's the other thing: Gutekunst has made some good picks, but like the vast majority of his picks at this point have not looked great. So, like, I I feel like Goody's got to just say, "Look, I drafted this kid. We we just need to figure out what he is." You know, and so I, I think I think it's time for a change before the end of the year. Now, again, if Green Bay wins their next two games and they're six and seven going into their bye, fine, we'll we'll revisit it and 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 let it play out. But if they lose their next two games, you know, I I, I you just got to know what you you know. You got to find it's out. What always difficult, right? You have and it's to find always out difficult. Right. And it's always difficult to look to the future because the future is completely unknown. Right. We don't know if Jordan loves any good. We know what we have in Aaron Rodgers. Everybody loves to cling to that. But again, at some point, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be here and you're going to have to figure it out. 
And what you don't want to be is you don't want to be in the situation of the Steelers who just like figured it out way late, right? Like part of the reason why the Packers were so good after Brett Favre left, they had one down season because Aaron Rodgers had to figure it out, but Aaron wasn't just thrown to the wolves right away. And they, they're kind of trying to re-replicate that. So I don't know. I'm all for it. So we it feels like, Gage, at this point, we've beat the horse to death. So uh, we'll wrap up here. Uh, any last thoughts, though, before we wrap up on the Jordan Love situation? No. Uh, as you said, people can hold two opinions at the same time, even if they're contradicting. We can agree that Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback. He still shows flashes of that greatness this season, as I pointed out, uh, against the Tennessee game, the Tennessee game, the down the stretch of Dallas. There's been games this year where he's shown that, those flashes of greatness. At the same time, we can also understand that this team is is under underperforming on a weekly basis. They have had their issues on both sides of the ball. The defense still continues to have boneheaded playing calls. Like you have a third and long, and you're playing at you're playing behind the sticks for some reason. I don't know why, but that's where you're at. This team just needs a shakeup in terms of if Jordan Love is going to be the guy of the future after Aaron Rodgers. You need to find out if he has anything. But right now, you've only ever seen him play against backups or in a situation where he was completely set up to fail. If, like you said, if they're six and seven heading into the bye, we'll revisit it later. But right now, the way this team is trending, they will probably be five and eight or four and four and nine heading into the bye. And if that's the case, you need to consider making that change to give Jordan love just a little bit. You just got to see what he's got because if you don't see what he's got, you can't make a decision on him this off season. And then you're running up and then you're in a very, very tough spot when it comes to his contract. That's all I got to add. You can find me on Twitter at G bridge for NFL. All of my work with Rotoball or Denver stiffs uh, and anywhere else are all of my links to all of that stuff is over there. Still doing uh, generally two articles come out every Friday. And then another uh, betting one comes out on Saturdays. All right, awesome. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Uh, and Jimmy should be back with us next week. We'll be previewing, more than likely, uh, Eagles, Packers with Aaron Rodgers starting quarterback. But who knows? Maybe a change comes before that time. So, uh, with that being said, thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go Pack. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 